Good evening. Okay, so Jimmy Eat World is playing through my speakers right now. I don't want that. Okay, so we'll stop that. Force stop. Last week, I'm a little bit rusty. So, I didn't uh, do one last week. And the reason being um, is I forgot. So, just completely slipped my mind last week. And uh, the last episode, two weeks ago, I mentioned my buddy John. And I want to give a shout out to him because last week messaged me and said, hey, drop another ride-along. And I, in my brain, said, oh, yeah, I work tomorrow night, so, I, you know, the next following morning, I need to make sure that I do one. Put that thought in my brain and then didn't report one. So, it's um, my fault that you don't, that I didn't do it last week. It's to his credit that I'm doing this one. Um, a lot of things I want to talk about, a lot of things that I want to discuss, and you guys know that I just like to stick to, I don't really talk about, like, events all the time, you know, I don't really like to talk about, uh, news, I like to stick to a theme or to a topic, and, and, uh, I think a lot of the topics that I talk about uh, there's a lot of overlap. They run together often. And um, they're usually just top they're just things that I'm passionate about because they're they're the way that I the way that I view the world, the way that I understand the world, um, and the way that I interact and operate with with the world. And one theme in just in my thinking, just in my life that's prevalent is the idea of um, of guys who just sort of who sort of buck, okay? They buck against um, they buck against what teachers teach. They buck against authority, um, and they want they want they disagree on they disagree on things. They have opinions. They voice their opinions. They're not shy about the things that they believe. And I think I talked about it, episode three maybe, and I talked about how the church has sort of effectively neutered, neutered men in the public square. You know, we're not supposed to bring uh, the truth, the truth of the gospel, to bear on the way that you educate your children, or you're not supposed to bring the truth of the gospel to bear on how you, what you, how you perform in the voting booth, right? And we sort of neutered young men, and, and we don't like those those conversations. We don't like for 
for those sort of disagreements, right? Anything that's that's a disagreement is brandished, sort of branded as being divisive or it's argumentative. Also, parenthetically, it's not divisive. I don't care what anyone says. It's the answer. It's it's divisive. You don't like. You don't divide the pie. You divide the pie. It's divisive. Anyways, that's just as an aside. Um, I've talked about guys. I've talked about young men in particular. Identifying myself as one of these, one of these who wants, who just who's passionate about truth and is passionate about the things that are true and we're not just going to go belly up because because John Piper said so you know or whoever you know pick your pick your guy we're not going to just going to go belly up because such and such said so um so sort of it's just where my brain has been in the last couple of weeks is connected to that in a way and it's it's, it's not as specific as, as as young men. It's it's a little zoomed out. Um, I had this thought. I tweeted this yesterday, the day before yesterday, maybe. Uh, it, I just it occurred to me. I made this connection that the Christian faith is is sort of born out of specifically of the Protestant persuasion is sort of born out of leaders who who did buck, okay? Uh, again, it's born from from leaders who who, who fought, who, who tussled, who scrapped, right? Um, and when I say the Christian faith, I mean the Abrahamic faith. So I mean all the way from Genesis to Revelation, there's, uh, there's like, there's a, it's in the background, but there's this subtle idea of, of, uh, defiance. There's this subtle, there's just notes of, it's like a, it's like a real subtle note if you've ever had a good, a good, like, top shelf whiskey, or if you've ever had a wine, like a bottle of wine that cost you more than 20 bucks, I never have, but I'm assuming that if you had a bottle of wine that cost you more than 20 bucks, you might get some subtle notes of a, of a fruit. Sort of similar to that. There's, there's, there's a subtlety to it, but there's this, this, there is a theme, there is sort of a rhythm of a leader that God calls to break the status quo. I mean, what, like, I can't think, I cannot think of any other way to view the every prophetic book of the Old Testament. I cannot think of any other way to view the ministry of John the Baptist or the ministry of Jesus or the ministry of the apostles. I can think of no other way to view it than there was a certain order, there's a certain cultural, societal, religious expectation. There was a there was a tone, there was there was something in the air that just was assumed. There were, there were assumptions that were laid on society, that were laid on culture, and God used people who broke those assumptions and called those 
deeply seated and deeply rooted assumptions to the carpet and pointed them out to be error, God uses people like that to, for his glory and for the advancement of the gospel as the gospel pushes, pushes back against the darkness of the world. And so it's, it's just bizarre to me, and I've, it's just really bizarre to me that that's a, a heritage that we have. And that's not just in Scripture, but it expands out into church history. I don't, I don't understand how you can be a Protestant and you can, you can, you can be in the tradition of, of the Luthers and the Calvins and the Tyndales of the world, and you can somehow find polemics to be ugly and nasty and divisive and and unchristlike. It just seems it just seems awfully convenient. It's it's just really convenient that these heroes, these heroes who God used in extraordinary ways in space and time, these guys were just giants of the faith. These are the shoulders that we stand on as Christians. And these are the shoulders, specifically as Protestants, as a proud Protestant, these are the shoulders that we stand on as Protestants. And those guys are allowed to be polemical. Those, because it was a different time, right? Or it was whatever, you know? And it's just... But now, we're, we're suddenly... Um, we're supposed to get along with everybody. Suddenly, we're supposed to uh, we're supposed to bite our tongues when an influential writer or an influential speaker says something that we disagree with. Y'all, that's just so so contrary to to reality. And I I've I. I have a practice of I try to get inside the heads of uh, people that I disagree with, right? I try to look at things. I try my best, and I try to be as objective and as fair as I can to look at people, to look at positions and look at ideas through the lens of somebody else, right? And I say, okay, I have all of this. I have all of this data, okay? So I maybe have used this example before. It, it, uh, the gun debate, right? Like, should guns be legal? Should people be allowed to have guns? And I can see, it makes sense to me how you read about the gun deaths in America and you can say, there's X number of gun deaths a day, so we should ban them. That, that I mean, that makes sense to me. I can see how you come to that conclusion. However, there are a lot of, uh, there. obviously, there's a lot of other assumptions. There's a lot of other... Uh, things that play into how you come to that conclusion. There's a lot of things that you have to ignore and not believe. There's a lot of things that you have to affirm in order to come to that conclusion. But I can see, I can, I can see how you get there, right? Like you draw that out on the map for me, and I can follow along, and I can say, oh, that makes sense why you made that left turn. But to just be, to just be opposed to polemics and. To just write write people who are more polemically minded off as being divisive and argumentative and opinionated and 
which which all very well may be true of somebody. Those are all. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Those all may very well be true descriptions of me. I'm open to that. I'm open to the idea that maybe I'm. I'm open to be shown that maybe I'm divisive. I'm open to be shown that maybe I'm highly opinionated and I hide behind, uh, I hide it uh, uh, by calling it being polemically minded or being whatever. I, yeah, maybe that's me. That's So that's totally a possibility. But to just, to just write everything off that is polemical, to just write everything off that is, that is a disagreement, in a strong and a sharp and a pointed disagreement. That does not... That doesn't make any sense to me. And so I've gotten into um, some trouble in the past just for things that I've said and for things that are um, called divisive, for things that are called... Um, Opinionated and immature and unhelpful. Yeah, I've gotten into, tr- into trouble for that. And, uh, yeah, I put my foot in my mouth a couple of times. Um, but that just, if you're, if you're like that, if you're like me and that you like that public, that public tug of war with somebody that you disagree with, if you're like, just be encouraged at that. It comes with the territory, you know. Like if you're if you're someone who, um, you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel or you have a blog, or even just your social media presence is, you are talking about political things and you're talking about theological things. You're talking about religious stuff. You're talk that just that just comes with the with the territory, you know. Um, and another thought that I, another thing that I'd had, is. There are people who, um, I don't know if this is going to make any sense to anybody, but it makes perfectly good sense to me. There are people in the world who just, when it comes to a disagreement, they just irk me. (laughs) When we talk about a topic that I disagree with that person on, they just, it just chafes me right? It just, it, it, it makes my skin crawl and I just can't, can't do, it, it grates me, right? There are people who when I interact with, I interact with, um, it's, it does sort of chafe me a little bit, right? And there are people who, that I interact with who were, uh, co-workers, have been co-workers with mine, of mine in the past, and, uh, where I, my previous job, I was the only uh, evangelical. I was the only guy on payroll who even know what the word reformed meant. You know, um, I was the only guy who was a conservative, libertarian-leaning person. I was that only guy. And so there are people who previously I've worked with who are as opinionated and as argumentative and as... Um, bombastic as I can be, they are equally argumentative and equally bombastic on the totally opposite end of every other issue, of 
every other issue we I've got one guy in particular in mind of every other issue we disagree at any time that there's a disagreement in person or on online it's just like button heads man and you're just it's just but you're on button heads with them and there's no give and we're just we've got our horns locked and the only way to end it is for someone to just offer up the last word that's just the only way for the conversation to end because neither of us are going to budge on this issue. Neither of us are going to budge on this conclusion that we've come to. And in the, in, the heat of, in the heat of that, oh, I cannot stand it. Oh, it drives me absolutely bonkers. You know, it drives me up the wall. And so in that sense, I get and understand in that moment, I can understand why people hate that sort of content. In the in the in the in the heat of the moment, during a during a tussle with someone who I'm polar opposite on an extremely heated issue, take the issue of abortion, right? I can be on the polar opposite end. Of, this person is. Uh, it, it's a woman's choice. It's it's a clump of cells. It's not a baby. They need to be um, as available as you need to be able to walk into a Seven Eleven and have an abortion and then pick up a slushie, right? Like they're on that end of the spectrum, and I am on the abolitionist. Like you perform an abortion, you get the death penalty position. So as far away from you can get on the spectrum and we can butt heads and we can go toe to toe and we can wrestle and we can uh, do all of those fun fighting analogies whichever fighting analogy or sports analogy that you can think of in the heat of that I say okay now I, I, I can see why you hate polemical material I can see why you hate uh, debates I can see why you hate uh, back and forth blogs. I can see why you hate a critical book review, right? In that in that moment, I can see it. But at the end of it, when I come away from it, I think, man, that was a blast. That was so much fun. I, it was an absolute stalemate, but that was that was so much fun. Or I've even walked away from conversations where I got my my tail absolutely whooped in a debate. Right, like they ate my lunch because there were other things that I had not considered. And in the heat of it, it sucks, dude. In the heat of it, it's the it's the worst feeling in the world. But on the back end of it, you're like, man, that was a blast. That was a blast. The only thing that I can compare it to, that I know comparatively in my mind, is going through um, basic training and going through AIT. When, I, when we graduated, so in basic, we did a, a couple weeks of combatives. We did a couple weeks of learning uh, learning some very, very, very elementary jiu-jitsu. Extremely elementary. And then when I got to AIT, every Thursday, that's what we did. We did combatives for PT. And they would teach you a drill, and you would drill, and you would drill, and you would drill, and you would drill. You would repeat that drill and we would learn two or three drills and go over it for an hour and a half. And then for another 30 to 45 minutes, you paired up and they said, roll. And it was just, the game was on, man. And it was, it was, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but 
I don't imagine it will, but it was it was tap out or blackout, man. There was no striking involved, but it was if they put you in that choke, they're going to put you to sleep if you don't tap out. And there were so many times that I just got my I, I got my tail end whooped because I, because I had never I'd never been involved. I'd never been in a. I still to this day have never been in a fight. You know, I've been in in that sort of context where I'm rolling and wrestling and we're locking joints and we're choking. And we're doing, I've been in that situation, but I've never been in a fight in my life. I didn't play sports when I was in school, um, and I was going against guys who were who were all American wrestlers. You know, who were they were from Texas and they went to a, a triple quadruple A high school. And they wrestled at that, in a, and they were state champs, you know? Like, these guys were incredible athletes, and man, I just got it handed to me multiple times. And it sucks in the moment, but then you walk away like, man, that was good. And so, all of that to say, there's a certain, um, there's a certain level of respect that you have for somebody who is a really skilled debater even if you never agree, even if you never agree, there's somebody who can, somebody who is articulate, somebody who is clear and is concise and can string thoughts together in a way that you can, you can follow the train of thought and see how they get there. And they can poke holes in what you're saying and they can point out things that you're assuming, but not demonstrating people who can do that. And you're, you guys are on that same plane or they're better at it than you are because they're just the Lord has just gifted them with that skill more than you or they're more educated than you or whatever the case or they've done it they're just they're simply they're older so they have more experience than you do whatever the case may be there's a certain level of respect that you have for somebody who can argue better than you even if they don't change your mind, they make a better argument than you do, and you go, "Man, I really don't know what to do with. I really don't know what to do with this." And you, you know, you take two weeks, three months, a year to sort of recover and to think through it. Maybe you change your position, you alter it a little, but whatever. Uh, there's a certain level of respect that you that you have for someone at that level, and maybe, I guess this is the this is my thesis, maybe. After now that I've thought all this out loud and plotted it out, maybe the reason that we don't like, um, maybe the reason that we don't like people who are divisive, quote unquote, or we don't like people who are who like to argue. We don't like um, we don't like to watch debates. We don't like to watch. Uh, open air street evangelism or we don't like critical book reviews or or we don't like for someone to express an, a, an opinion that is polarizing right ignoring all the things that I've said about tone before we don't like an, a, when an opinion is expressed that we disagree with maybe one of the reasons that culturally Christians can't stand it is because we don't know how to have that sort of uh, fighter mindset in the world in, in the realm of ideas 
in the realm of ideas, we want everything to be soft and squishy and it's private and it's personal and it's, um, it's gentle and it's, uh, the world of ideas is sort of ivory tower tea party stuff. And we don't realize that, no, like the world, the man, the world of ideas, it's, it's rough and it's tooth and nail and it's scrappy and it is, uh, it it is violent and it is, um, it is energetic and it is lively and it is fiery and spicy and it is so much fun. It is so much fun to get into it with somebody and to be able to go back and forth with someone. It's a blast. It is so much fun. And maybe, I'm still just thinking out loud. I mean, that's what this whole thing is. I'm Maybe the reason that we don't know culturally how to have that fighter mindset about the world of ideas is because we're so stuck on ourselves that we're either you're so stuck on yourself that you are and you're so sold on your position that you take personal offense at anybody that disagrees with you it's like it's an attack on your character when they disagree with you because you've so connected yourself to this idea. You identify strongly with this political position. And so for you to come after this political position is for you to come after me directly. Or for you to come after this theological position is for you to come after me directly. We're just so stuck on ourselves that everything is about us. Um, There's another point that I was going to make. I don't remember what it was. You're either so stuck on yourself... Or, um, you're, yeah, or you're being, you're just afraid of being wrong. Or you're just afraid of being wrong. So, I don't know. That's just, that started out, uh, on the outset as just being something, a thought that I'd had. And now that we've reached the end, this is just, I've just thought all this out loud. You're hearing it for the first time, unless you're replaying this for some reason. You're hearing this for the first time. I am also hearing all of this for the first time. Just sort of thinking out loud and throwing this stuff out there. So, um, I'm home. I'm going to go inside and eat and then probably take a shower and go to sleep. Um, Thanks for everyone who is faithfully... Uh, listened every week. I hope they've been helpful. I hope they've been encouraging. I hope they've been fun. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the ride. Um, I hope you rolled your eyes at that really cheesy thing that I just said. Thank you, John. This is your second... This is Ride Along History because this is, I believe, the first time for anyone to get two consecutive shout-outs on a show on an episode. So, thank you for the reminder last week. Sorry I failed you last week, but here we are. Um, If it's your first time, subscribe on whatever platform it is that you use. I think a lot of people listen on Anchor because it's the link that I put up on all my social media sites. 
but it's on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Anchor. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, you can probably find this here. Also, go to Facebook, find the Appalachian Roundtable page, like it, get excited for it, go back one or two episodes to get an idea of what I'm talking about if this is your first step, first time listening. Uh, check out Appalachian Roundtable's Facebook page. Like it. Our first show is supposed to, tr- or our first blog is supposed to drop uh, Sunday. Hopefully, Lord willing, we can get our act together. So, thanks again, guys. And like I say every week, find me on social media. And if you loved it and you were encouraged and you thought that what I said was uh, helpful, please let me know. I would love to hear that. I get, there's a couple people who constantly are giving me feedback and saying, I really liked this. What do you think about this? And that, I, that, I love it. I live for that stuff. So if you thought that it was helpful and maybe there's another angle that I hadn't considered, reach out to me. If you disagree, reach out to me and say, Anthony, you're dead wrong and this is why. Uh, and we'll tussle and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm on Facebook, Anthony Ray. I'm almost indiscriminate. In accepting Facebook friend requests. I'm on Twitter at A. Ray Whitlock. I'm on Parlor at Anthony Ray Whitlock, but I'm admittedly not very active there. Um, my email address is anthonyraywhitlock at gmail.com, but I get a lot of spam, so I don't check it very often, but feel free to email me there. Alright, that's it. Thanks, guys.